This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby! How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Well, did not expect to be here at this moment. Yes, we have a show every Tuesday, year-round, here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network but did not expect to be talking about the 2020 season in conclusion. Fully expected to be talking about the playoffs, the postseason, for the first time since 2015. Of course, everyone knows that has not happened after two straight losses to close out the regular season, losing to the 49ers and then this past Sunday falling at the Rams by the score of 18-17. to A lot of disappointment, a lot of frustration, a lot of anger. Yes, the expectations were raised midway through the season in year two under head coach Cliff Kingsbury, and those expectations were not met. If you believe this season was a failure, I am not going to argue with you on that because there were certainly options or opportunities here that were not taken advantage, and you have to take care of every opportunity you get because they are few and far between, especially in a year in which seven teams from each conference make the postseason. And with that, we say good morning and welcome both Mike Jarecki and Bertram Berry to the show. Gentlemen, how are things here in 2021? Happy New Year, first and foremost. B-Train, when I say 2020 Arizona Cardinals regular season, what comes to mind? Frustration. The thing that I, I think about when this team had the opportunity to get themselves into the postseason uh, with two games left to play and uh, two very winnable games, you just walk away feeling disappointed knowing that you let the opportunity slip. And I think it's going to be a long off season for a lot of the, the players in that locker room and the coaches as well. But the players are the ones that are going to carry these memories for the rest of their lives. And they're going to be the ones that are going to have to explain why they didn't get to the playoffs in this particular season. And, and there's going to be a lot of frustration. Uh, there's going to be a lot of anger. And I think that if used the right way, it can help you towards 2021. But right now, this is going to hurt for a while, and it should. Yeah, and maybe we do at the end of 2021, 2022, look at this moment right here as we speak to everyone on January 5th as a turning point within the organization, within the coaching staff, within the players in that locker room, MJ, and say, yes, this is where things bottomed out and lessons were learned. But until then, we are left lamenting on how we have finished this regular season. And they say, what have you done for me lately? Well, lately, the Cardinals fell on their faces, losing two in a row to end the regular season yeah and, and when you're you know five and two and you're six and three and we knew that this team had to get off to a good start because the second half schedule is a little bit more daunting when it came to division games and conference games and you know you can't predict who the other team's quarterbacks are going to be but you know there's really two eight and eights here it's the team that obviously was eight and six and then the team that got to eight and eight but I, I would say disappointing uh, the way the season had ended um, I know you know, the fan base is, is angry and upset, and, um, you know, 
when you faced the Rams and all week was about the quarterbacks and, you know, we talked about it, this game was going to come down to the Cardinals offense versus the Rams defense. And, and we know how that worked. And when you score seven points, you're probably not going to win. So, yeah, just a, a disappointing end of the season. I mean, we should be talking about a playoff game coming up this Saturday or Sunday. Eight and eight, but as you mentioned, how did you get to eight and eight? At one point, the Cardinals six and three, a two and five finish, though, is what a lot of people are going to remember about this past season. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury, when he addressed the media for the last time to recap 2020, asked how he would define the pre or this past season. Progress um, obviously didn't end the way we wanted to. That was disappointing, but made some steps in the right direction. We just have to continue to work, continue to get better. Progress, sure, from maybe 50,000 feet, but I think everyone right now, MJ, has zeroed in on more closely defining exactly how and why this season ended the way it did and can't really zoom out, at least not right now. Maybe in February, March, as we get deeper into the offseason, but right now that is really, really hard to do. Well, what's really disappointing is, is I think the defense kept them in enough games this year. Um, obviously, you lose four starters, but we know it's that's part of the league, but they add DeAndre Hopkins, and they re-sign Kenyon Drake. And the offense, yes, the numbers look a lot better, but they weren't able to finish games. You know, they, you know, when you get a lead in, in the fourth quarter, you want to be able to run the football, and they weren't able to finish games. And so, I look at the offense, and yeah, they put up numbers, and they were number one at some point, and you know, rushing touchdowns and all that stuff. That's window dressing for me. The offense needed to carry this team, especially in the second half of the season. The goal every year, B-Train, is to get to the postseason. And as I look back on your career, twice with the Cardinals in 2008 and 2009, you were able to extend the regular season into the second season. How difficult is it? And uh, what are the lessons you hope this team learns here this year going into this 2021 season? When you look at the 2020 versions of the Arizona Cardinals, this is a team that is still learning how to win. It's still a relatively young team with a second-year coach, second-year quarterback. There are certain lessons that have to be learned, and you can't necessarily skip ahead when you start talking about how to build a winner in the NFL because this is the elite of the elite, and you cannot skip the steps in order to, to build an elite program, and an elite organization. And I think for the – the players in that locker room, this is one of those those lessons that maybe they have to learn. And, and, and we keep saying we don't know until next year if they truly learned it. But I, I know that uh, when I was coming through and, and before we got to 08 and 09, there was 07 and there was 06 and there was 05. And, and there were steps that we had to take. We got better each year. We, we brought in different pieces. We had opportunities to put ourselves in position to win games. And I remember 2007 lamenting over two games here, a couple plays there, and, and not executing when it mattered the most. And so when you get to that 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 moment where you, you learn that lesson, then it becomes, okay, can you apply it to the following season? Can you apply it to uh, how you go about being a professional? And, and I think for this team, they've got the right players and now they're learning the lessons that they need to learn. And, and it's painful at times uh, because it's not always easy. But I think in the long run, Cardinal fans and this team as a whole will be better off for it. And, you know, I understand what Cliff's saying. There is progress. I mean, the team won five games last year. They win eight games this year. Now 
you want to get get to 10 or 11 next year. But it's just how this offense struggled. And so um, in, in, in the offensive line was kind of the uh, where they were able to hang their hat. And, you know, towards the end of the season, I don't think they played up to par. And, you know, and again, they did protect, protect Murray and the running game couldn't get going. And we know the running game is so important in this offense where it sets up the pass. But, you know, they won more games, but again, you look at how they finished, and I think that's what we're going to remember, for, at least for the next couple of weeks. Cardinals needed to win one more game, either beat the 49ers or beat the Rams, and they were unable to do it. Kyler Murray talking about how close this team was to the playoffs. It's uh, it's really tough, you know, and it's still, again, it goes back to um, winning the games that you're supposed to win, um, and, and you're not putting yourself in this position. I know we're a playoff team. I know I know what we're capable of, but you know, again, that's just uh, something that we kept holding us back all year. Was you know us hurting ourselves? It, it came back to bite us for sure. And those games that I'm guessing that Murray is talking about: Week Three, home to Detroit; the following week at Carolina; the trip to New England; and of course, Week 16, hosting a 49ers team that was really, really depleted, and they just didn't show up. They got worked on both sides of the ball and, of course, lose 20-12. to 12. Cardinals had an opportunity, though, to right the wrong on Sunday in Los Angeles, un- unable to do that. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury. I think they were all learning experiences. And, and as a staff and as players, um, we have to get better in, in those moments and in those opportunities. There's no question. Uh, we, we all know we had two opportunities late in the last two games to – you know, have a chance to make the playoffs, and we didn't take advantage of them. And th- those are things we got to work on and work through, and, and you learn, you know, through some of your failures. And that's what you hope, B-Train. I heard you talk about it just moments ago as far as lamenting the previous season before you made your own playoff run, and that's where I think the coaches and the players, those that will be back next season, need to remember this and hang on to this and use it as motivation, if you will, to get to where everyone wants to be, and that is playing this coming weekend. Yeah, it has to stew for a while. And I, I know for a lot of players in that locker room, the, early, the, the younger guys don't really understand. They, they think that they'll be back. But the older veterans in the, in the locker room understand how rare of an opportunity it is to get to the postseason. And it, it's, it's one of those where it's not always about X's and O's. A lot of times people want to talk about the execution on the field and, and what the game plan was and, and what could the coach have done better, what could the players have done better from an execution standpoint. But to me, some of those games that they'll lament would, would be from the energy level. The, in particular, the last two games, they didn't have the energy level to, to be able to compete with the teams that they were going up against. And that's a learning process, too. You have to be able to control your emotions throughout the course of the season. It can't just be your one way the entire season. Some games are going to give you more juice than others, and, and especially with a trying year like we had in 2020 where there were no fans in the stands, you have to bring your own energy. And a lot of times if you didn't bring that energy that particular day, there was nobody to bail you out. So I think they had to learn that as well. It's not just the executing and, and X's and O's. You have to be able to, to mentally get your mind right to go out there and prepare to battle for 60 minutes knowing that extra football is on the line. B-Train, for a layman like myself, how does that mm-hmm. happen, though, knowing when you're playing for something? Again, Mike, when you start talking about the age of some of the guys and in and, and, and key positions, they, they've never been there before. They don't know how to do that yet. If you're a guy that's fresh out of college, 
you only played 11 or 12 games that season. You didn't play 16, and you didn't have it as a job where it was all year round. And so you've got to learn how to, to temper your emotions and get yourself ready to go at different stages. Like preseason games, there's a different level of energy than it is regular season. Playoffs is a different level of energy than the regular season. So there's always a different things that you have to do to get yourself ready. And, and um, you, you can't have just one sweeping emotion or one sweeping level of energy for the entire season. You have to be able to go up and down with the ebb and flow. And, and that just comes with experience. And, and unfortunately, some of the guys, they're learning that the hard way this year. You certainly don't want to waste these years of a young quarterback, and we've seen it throughout the NFC West, whether it was Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, those years when you're under your rookie contract, that you have this opportunity because you're not paying your main player a lot of money. You build around him, and you get to the playoffs, and you make the next step. You get to the Super Bowl, and hopefully one day you win the Super Bowl. The Cardinals, though, two years into Kyler Murray's contract, don't have a playoff appearance. That was what was on the line over these past two games. That next step, that next level, Murray, on using what happened to end the season going into 2021. You just gotta use it as motivation. You know, I know what type of guy I am. You know, player I am. I, I don't really need a lot to motivate me. You know, I, I know what type of intensity, what type of um, you know want to that drives me. But I, I think as a team, it should motivate us uh, a lot. And he might be MJ, the guy that has to motivate some of his teammates as well and, and step up and be that QB1, be the face, be the leader in that locker room. Even though that might not be who he is, he might have to learn to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, when you're a leader um, and you, you got to play well because guys start to tune you out a little bit. But I, I think when you look at it, and, and I'm encouraged, you know, going into year number three with Cliff and Kyler. And the reason why is you look around the league, Look at Josh Allen. He's been in the same system with the same uh, coordinator and head coach. You look at Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. You, you know, you look at some of these young quarterbacks. And Baker Mayfield's a prime example. You know, obviously it didn't work out last year with Freddie, now Kevin Stefanski. So that year number three, it, it, next year's going to be a big year. You cannot take a step back. You've got to build on what you've done the last two years. In the division, they're still going to have Russell Wilson. You're still going to have Jared Goff, likely, and then we'll see about Jimmy Garoppolo. So, And the coaches aren't going away in the division, and there's so much familiarity. So you cannot take a step back next year. And the Cardinals finished 2-4 and four within the NFC West. They started 2-0, and oh, but then dropped their final four division games. And again, as we're talking, 8-8 eight and eight in 2020. A lot of questions right now. Not a lot of answers, but we continue to look back and look forward as well. Update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update or the app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. The offense, disappointing, regressed from year one to year two, but there are pieces in place. Now, what do you do with those pieces? Can you put them together in a puzzle that gets this team to the next level. 9, 10, 11, 12 wins. We'll get into that next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network.
Quick throw over the middle is caught Hopkins, 25-20. Let's go ahead and target D-Hop early. Let's get him the ball early. Throws to the left sideline on target to DeAndre Hopkins. One-on-one, there's just no way you can stop that. Throws near side, caught. Hopkins on the catch at the 20, got the first down. Throws over the middle, a strike. Hopkins a sliding catch, throwing it deep left. It's caught by Hop at the 50. Loose at the 40, at the 30-yard line, stepping out of bounds there. Kyler Murray reading the coverage, finding the open man, and it just happened to be DeAndre Hopkins. Not a bad starting point for 2021. A quarterback and a number one wide receiver, one of the best, if not the best, in all of the NFL. Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, year one was great, statistically speaking. Now you need to be able to translate those numbers into wins. As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Rayolu, Mike Drecke, and Bertram Berry. Certainly adding DeAndre Hopkins' B-train helped a lot, but that was the only really new, fresh face to this offense. And, yes, Hopkins had a lot of great numbers, 115 catches, 1,407 yards. Those marks number two in the league. Yet, you certainly would like to see Hopkins in the end zone a little bit more. You certainly want to score some more points, yet, I do like offensively where this team has with a quarterback and a true number one playmaker. Yeah, you don't have any questions about DeAndre Hopkins and what he can bring to the table. The question that I have is, what about the others? What about the other wide receivers? What are they going to bring to the table? There was a lot of inconsistency when you start talking about how they were able to to help out DeAndre Hopkins during the course of the season. There were flashes here and there. You saw Andy Isabella. You saw Christian Kirk. You saw uh, uh, Keyshawn Johnson at times. They would contribute at times and at spurts, but it wasn't consistent. It wasn't what they were looking for in order to to uh, get more wins for this team. And so they, they've got to figure out, uh, even with the tight end position as well, Dan Arnold, you saw him flash as well. Yeah, you, you have your number one, and, and there's no question that he is a number one. But the number one can only be effective if the other guys are contributing and, and he's not the only distraction for the offense. So I know for Kyler, he would love to have another guy that he can get the ball to on a regular basis, but – um, there, there's no question that the, the trade worked out well for, for D-Hop. Now it's just a matter of, of developing those other receivers in that meeting room. You know, I we don't know what the offseason is going to look like. Um, uh, you know, curious to see if they start on time, are they going to have OTAs, a mandatory mini camp, and, you know, you know the offseason workouts. And I think it's really important this offseason for Hop and Murray to get together because they didn't have that opportunity last year and he didn't practice, you know, certain days during the week, but he still put up numbers. But right now they don't have a number two wide receiver on the roster. You got a bunch of threes and fours. I mean, so that's, that's going to be an issue um, when it comes to, you know, trying to find who's going to be, you know, the second and third receiver. Maybe that guy's not on the roster, um, but you, this is a big year again for Andy Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson. I mean, you draft, they drafted three last year and, you know, after next year, how many are going to be on the roster? So, you know, it's just one of those situations. And, and when it comes to the wide receivers coach, I think they have the best in football. Jerry Sullivan is a consultant, and then you throw in David Rye. But at some point, it's on the players. And I thought Isabella made strides this year. He looked a little bit more comfortable, but he's he's kind of unsure when the ball's coming to him. And if you're Kyler Murray, you got to trust him. And then Christian Kirk, you know, obviously he had some injuries, and I was expecting more things from him. 
Um, so we'll see what happens. But they got to get better at that position, and they got to get off press coverage. They got to get separation, and we didn't see a lot of that this year. Yeah, a lot of off-season work needed between the quarterback and wide receivers, and certainly the expectation that Murray and Hopkins will be able to take that next step forward with an off-season. If we have an off-season, that is still an unknown as well. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury asked about year two with Murray and Hopkins together. With Kyler and DeAndre, it's just time on task. I think the more that they're able to just throw and, and get a feel for each other, um, the better we're going to be. I mean, they, they're very productive for, for this year, um, particularly in the circumstances that, that kind of surrounded it. But those two guys are very competitive. They, they know that they can play at a higher level together, and they want to take it there. Murray just missed throwing for 4,000 yards this season. He would have gotten there if he was healthy for the entire game on Sunday. Hopkins, as we talked about, over 1,000 yards receiving. Now the running back position, there's another question mark. Kenyon Drake finished at 955 yards on the ground. He kind of disappeared late in the season. But B-Train right here, you have the run game to set up the pass game. Now the Cardinals, yes, there are questions at wide receiver, but I put running back ahead of that right now as far as this entire offense trying to figure out where you want your identity to be in 2021. And I think identity is, is the one thing that this team has to find out what they want to do from an offensive standpoint. The thing that was the, the biggest concern, in my opinion, that, that really uh, was answered throughout the course of the season was the offensive line. Would they be healthy? Would they be able to uh, stay on the field the majority of the season? And they were able to do that. And so as long as you have that continuity uh, up front, then you should, in theory, be able to do whatever it is that you want to do as far as running the football, throwing the football, because you've got the same guys in those positions each and every week. And, and uh, it still came down to what were they trying to do? What were they trying to accomplish? What, what did they want this offense to look like? And, and at times, it was, it was hard to tell. And I think for, for Coach Kingsbury and Kyler Murray and all the other key players and the key coaches at different positions, they've got to figure out how they want to attack opposing defenses. Do they want to be a team that's, that's ground and pound and then use that to, to go over the top with the skill positions? Do you want to be a, a throw first and then let the run complement that? They, they have to figure it out and, and, and make a decision. And, and once they do that, yes, you're, having an offseason will go a long way with that. But – you still have to see that progression throughout the course of the season. And there were times where it, you just couldn't tell what type of offense they wanted to be. Yeah, and, you know, Kenyon Drake, I thought the Cardinals made a, the right decision putting the tag on him just because he was so effective in that second half of the season. And, you know, we talk about predicated running the ball and being able to utilize play action. But, you know, I, this is just my opinion. I, I don't see Drake on the roster next year. Um, now the question becomes, can Chase Edmonds take that load? And I was listening to Wolf driving into the, the show today, and he's like, now, again, we'll have plenty of time to talk about it, but he's like, they need a, a 5'11 back about 232 pounds. You know, like you need a little bit of guys that got some meat that can push the pile a little bit. So that's stuff that will happen in the offseason. And I do think when it comes to the draft, we could see possibly in the mid-rounds a running back. But I do think Chase is going to get every opportunity next year to be the guy. No, it would not surprise me one bit if running back becomes a focal point, whether in free agency or in the draft. And certainly you can get guys, and we've seen across the league, whether you're late-round picks or undrafted rookie free agents or just year two in the league with not a lot of fanfare, and you can have a very successful running 
running game, but you need that consistency. Yes, it starts up front with the offensive line, but this offense scoring points, there was that five-game stretch of 30-plus with 400-plus yards, and then, well, we know how the season ended with just 19 points in the final two weeks. Consistency, the word of the day for D.J. Humphreys. I think we pushed ourselves from being a middle-of-the-pack offense to to being in the mix with some of the best offenses in this league. Uh, it's just more so about us being on at all times and not being so inconsistent. So I think, for me, it showed a lot of optimism. It's just more so finding the consistency this offseason. And what will help staying ahead of the chains, meaning lack of penalties, no negative plays, and not mistakes that certainly cost this team. And that stat that we found out earlier this year, stalled drives, the number of stalled drives due to penalties that this Arizona Cardinals team faced here in 2020. That was on the mind of Kyler Murray when he addressed the media after the game on Sunday. I think uh, part of it is going through it, you know, learning how to win. And, you know, uh, some other reasons uh, that I, you know, don't care to break down right now. But, yeah, we just we got we got to be better um, in all phases. And I, I, I hope that this motivates us as an organization. Like, like I mean, it's, it's an ugly feeling. Certainly B-Train sounded like Murray has a lot on his mind. And we're all anxious to know exactly what he was referring to when he talked about some other things that he did not want to address, whether those were simple X's and O's. Maybe there are larger issues as a quarterback that he saw and maybe feels going into year three, he's more comfortable in, in speaking out privately or maybe even publicly. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, that was certainly a telling comment after the game on Sunday. Yeah, and the thing you have to keep in mind is that this was the worst possible year to have a pandemic come across the, the globe. And, and the fact that they didn't have that offseason to really build on what they did in the first year, that, that would have been – the time to really hone in on what you wanted to do and, and how you wanted to establish your style of play. And, and so you can make all the excuses in the world, but the fact is they just didn't get it done. They weren't consistent enough. And when you're eight and eight, your, your record pretty much indicates what your season was like. And there was lots of ups and downs. There were times where the offense looked really good. There were times where it, it looked uh, like it, it, it wasn't really sure what they were trying to accomplish. And, and yeah, there's going to be work, to be done because they didn't achieve any of their goals. And the one thing that they're going to have to do first and foremost in order to get to the playoffs, every coach and every organization always talks about you got to win the division first and foremost. If you win the division, then you're in the playoffs. And so you look at this division from top to bottom, all four teams have the ability to get to the playoffs each and every year. Each team has strengths. Each team has weaknesses. And you have to be able to match up with those guys in your division because if you don't, and those, those teams continue to, to get the best of you, when you start getting to the end of the season where you start looking at tiebreakers and, and conference play and, and division play uh, starts to matter, then you, you have these situations where you, you start scoreboard watching it and then it becomes out of your control. So if, if they're able to, to do what they need to do to match up with these teams in their division and do that with the personnel and, and do that with the scheme that they're going to – go forward with then i think they'll be just fine uh from now until yeah i, I think he's made strides in, in in the post-game press conferences you know going back to last year but I, I like what he's saying though i mean he knows what's going on and obviously that's why they need an off season to, to you know they gotta get, get away for a while and then come back but you i like what he's saying though you know he knows that um it's difficult to win in the nfl i think he's finally a, you know realized that where it's not college and where he's always been the the guy in high school, college, it's the NFL. I mean, 
they'll they'll chew you up and spit you out. Always the spotlight on the quarterback. There might be a bigger spotlight next year on Kyler Murray as he looks to lead this team and this offense into the playoffs because that has to be the goal in 2021. We've hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. When we come back, the defensive side of the ball. That's ahead here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Shotgun snap to Murray. Steps up and takes off. Far side of the 20. Got room at the 10. Cuts right to the 5. Jukes the defender and scores. Touchdown, Kyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces at the 5-yard line <laughs> as he tried to break down and make that play, and Kyler broke him down. Murray back to throw. Flushed out. Rolling left in trouble. Slips a tackle. Got to launch it. He does. Left side. Into the end zone. Jump ball. And it is. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh, my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. I can't believe it. You've got to be joking me. Cardinals blitz. Back to throw. Dalton gets hit and slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield and smoked Andy Dalton. What a day, Buda Baker. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Buda Baker, your three Pro Bowl players for the Arizona Cardinals in 2020 as we welcome you back to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry putting a little spotlight on those three and specifically Buda Baker, one of the leaders on that defense. He finished tied with Jordan Hicks for the team lead in tackles and going back to the Pro Bowl for the second straight year as a safety. This defense overall, B-Train, what did you like considering all the different pieces that were coming in and out seemingly weekly that Vance Joseph had to kind of piece together and put forth on the field? Yeah, I, I really love what they were able to accomplish. I thought they overcame a lot of obstacles. There were a lot of question marks about this defense even going into the season, but I thought they were able to, to find some hidden gems. Uh, you had a Dennis Gardak come in and, and really provide a spark. Who knew he could rush the passer? Of course, Hassan Reddick coming in, having the season that he had, and, and uh, you, you had so many guys that, that were injured, but yet guys picked up the slack, and you talk about next man up, and, and that's a moniker that's, not only used here locally, but it's, it's something that is used throughout the course of the, of the league. And, and I thought a lot of guys took advantage of their opportunities given, and, and I think it's only going to bode well for the Cardinals going forward because now you, you're able to build depth. You, you hate to have the injuries, but you definitely love to have that depth at certain positions. And they needed to have that depth, MJ, because the season ends with eight defensive players on injured reserve, four of them starters, Robert Alford, Chandler Jones, Corey Peters, and Jordan Phillips, the latter of whom was on injured reserve a couple of different times, the second ultimately ending his season, and he was a disappointment in his first full year with the Arizona Cardinals, but maybe you write that off because he was hurt so often this past season, but what the defense was able to do, we just asked them to be good enough, and I think they were better than that, and we anticipated more from the offense, and I think we were pleasantly surprised by the defense. Yeah, you got to give Vance a lot of credit. I mean, just when he went with that jet package or the NASCAR package where he basically brings in six defensive backs and we maybe have one or two guys with their hand in the dirt. And a lot of young guys were playing. I mean, your, your two uh, defensive tackles between Lecky Fotu and then Rashard Lawrence and then Zach Allen stepped up. But they were, you know, you start looking at some of their 
you know, other players. I mean, Kevin Peterson was playing a little bit more than I thought he would. Um, but, you you know, I like the fact that they were able to get to the quarterback without Chandler Jones, and it was by committee. And uh, sometimes, you know, that's how it works. But give Hassan Reddick, he was tied for fourth in NFL sacks this year. He also had, he had six forced fumbles. Um, so where he ranked uh, number two behind uh, Marlon Humphrey, who had eight. Um, Marcus Golden and both of those guys are free agents. So, you know, we'll see how that all works out. But I, I do like the fact that, you know, even though they weren't household names, some of these guys, they, they came in and Dennis Gardeck and they got to the quarterback and it allowed the secondary to try to force some turnovers. 48 sacks by that defense and only two, excuse me, only one registered by Chandler Jones, who was lost in that game at the New York Jets. Speaking of Buda Baker, as we heard earlier, Baker on where he thinks this defense is right now going into the offseason. For me, uh, kind of like a perfectionist, you know. So, of course, you you understand that there's progression, but you also know that there's a lot more work to be done. There's a lot more things that you can do and cer- certain players can do to elevate this team to, you know, get more Ws. Well, and Baker, when he addressed the media on Monday, put the onus on himself as well, and he talked perhaps maybe being a little bit more vocal out there. Yeah, he's always vocal when he is wired up for sound. He's very vocal on the field, but perhaps maybe being more of that vocal leader to rally the troops, so to speak. Here's more from the Cardinals' starting safety. For me personally, of course, um, talking more is definitely something that, you know, of course I'm going to want to do. Just because I'm I'm that guy fifth year in, I'm, I'm that guy that everybody sees, you know. So definitely want to talk more for sure. There are certainly pieces on that defense, and you can start with Buda Baker there, B-Train, and you can go inside with Jordan Hicks, and then on that defensive line with Jordan Phillips. Those players we know will be back next season. Corey Peters is due to become a free agent. Patrick Peterson due to become a free agent. Perhaps that's the biggest question on that defense is what do you do with Pat P and the cornerback position? There are a lot of different questions, and there's always going to be questions when you get to the offseason and when you didn't accomplish your goals. You always look at the personnel and, and you wonder how can you make it better and start talking about Patrick Peterson. He's one of those guys for years we lamented who was going to be the cornerback opposite Patrick Peterson. And now we're going to have to change and be like, well, is Patrick Peterson going to be here? And, and when you start talking about Isaiah Simmons, is he going to take that next step? The first-round draft pick of last year's draft. And uh, you, you, you've seen the, the, the defensive line. You've seen the, the, the guys step up and, and, and do what they – Zach Allen, you know, when he's healthy, you saw him capable of making plays and, and doing things that can help this team. So there were a lot of questions answered, but there were also uh, questions that were formed by the 8-8 the eight and eight record of the Arizona Cardinals. And so I, I think that that side of the ball, you, you, the defensive side, you're going to have to – figure out uh, how this is going to mesh and, and, and which guys you're going to be able to keep, which guys are, are going to go free agency. And, and uh, that, that's, that's every team this time of year. It's the business of the NFL does not stop for anybody. And so uh, I really believe that, that Steve Kime and, and, and the powers that be have a lot of work to do. But I, I think this is a, a, a more positive look going into the offseason as we've seen in years past. 
you know, if you look on paper, considering, you know, Peterson is uh, going to be a free agent, and we'll have just have to wait and see what they decided to do there. They, they also have the tag, but, you know, Chandler Jones, he's going into the final year of his contract. You know, he's, it was the first year he played over 30. So to me, when you look ahead, this is Buda Baker's defense. I mean, he hasn't even – he's still reaching his peak and prime. I mean, he's still young. He's, he attacks the ball. You know, Vance told us a couple of weeks ago he thought he was trying to do too much, and we saw a little bit different in, in the last two games. But this is going to be Buda Baker's defense. And you heard him say going into his fifth season, that seems unfathomable. You still see him as that uh, kid. I can say kid because I'm older than he is. But that kid out of Washington who came in with a bunch of energy and has uh, certainly not stopped since arriving here with the Arizona Cardinals. We talked about Hassan Reddick leading the team with 12 and a half sacks, his impending free agency, Marcus Golden, who was acquired during the season. He had three sacks during his time with the Cardinals. He is due to become a free agent, though he spoke very highly of the organization on Sunday, though the disappointment, however, of missing the playoffs. To be honest, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because uh, that's what you play the game for. And I always want to get to the playoffs. I haven't been to the playoffs since my rookie year. So you want to get to the playoffs. We didn't get it this year. So you can't you can't whine. You can't complain. You know, you look over the film again and look at the rest of the film from the whole year and uh, get better for next year and come back and come back swinging no matter what. A lot of questions on this team, I think more personnel-wise on the defensive side of the ball, B-Train. The offense, yeah, they've got personnel questions, but there's also scheme questions and other issues on that side of the ball that I think we all have. But I like the coaching staff, and I do like the pieces in place. Now, does Hassan Reddick come back? Does Marcus Golden come back? Does Patrick Peterson come back? And then what do you do if you don't have Pat P? That is where the interesting part of the discussion is going to come defensively. We love the overall, how this team is, is, is put together right now, but there are going to be a few variables that if you change uh, one way or the other, it can change the direction of, of this team. And so it's going to be imperative that you keep those positive variables in-house and not let them walk out the door free agency because, uh, again, you, you want to build off of the positives, and there were a lot of positives to take away, and you don't want other teams benefiting from uh, those players are starting to ascend and, and really make a difference here in the NFL. Yeah, Devondre Campbell's on a one-year deal. I anticipate Isaiah Simmons will go in there as a starter or a three-line linebacker next to Jordan Hicks. The goal of every team, as you heard Marcus Golden say, make the postseason. We'll talk about the playoffs coming up this weekend. That's all straight ahead. It's the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. inside First Energy Stadium. And wherever you are, this is starting to become very, very real that the Browns are going to go to the playoff. They're in victory formation, and Baker Mayfield takes a knee, and the clock will wind down. An amazing story. The Browns will get their 11th win of the year. They'll go to 11-5, and and they're going to the playoffs. Unbelievable. What a season. First time since 2002, Jim Donovan on the Browns radio network with the call. And, yes, the Browns, one of the teams that will be playing this weekend. They are dubbing it Super Wild Card Weekend. Three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. Remember, seven teams 
in each conference make the postseason, but only one team gets that coveted first-round bye, and that belonged to the Green Bay Packers and Kansas City Chiefs. So first things first, here is what is ahead on Saturday. Then, B-Train, I'll get your uh, thoughts on uh, maybe where your eyes are going to go. On Saturday, three games. It begins with the Colts at the Bills. Then the Rams play at Seattle. The nightcap, the Buccaneers, will be at Washington. That is Saturday. And then on Sunday, the early game, the Ravens at the Titans. The Bears will visit the Saints. And then the aforementioned Browns will play at the Steelers. And news this morning that Cleveland head coach Kevin Stefanski has tested positive for COVID-19 and will not be on the field on the sidelines this coming weekend. So that might change things a little bit. And, of course, the Browns and Steelers just played one another this past Sunday. It's reminiscent of when the Cardinals played the Packers to close out the regular season and met in the uh, wild card, and that was certainly a fun game to remember. But B-Train, out of those six games, where will you be? Uh, I know you're going to be watching all of them, and it's a no-shoes weekend, but what are you going to be watching first and foremost? Uh, the, the one game that I want to watch, I want to watch the, the Titans and the Ravens because I think it's a little bit of role reversal. I think the Ravens come in like last year's Titans were into the playoffs. I think Lamar Jackson and the Ravens fit this role a little bit better than being the hunted and being the favorites. And so they're playing, he's playing really good ball right now, and the team is playing really good defense, and hopefully they can get some of their defensive guys healthy and, and back again. And if they can do that, then I think uh, with, with Derrick Henry and, and, and Ryan Tannehill and, and, and the weapons that they have on the offensive side going up against that, Baltimore Ravens defense, that's, that's a fascinating matchup for me. And uh, you know that there's going to be a little bit of, of payback on the mind of the Ravens trying to uh, you know, get back for what happened last year. Of course, they remember that, that taste in their mouth very well. It was something that they had to stew over all offseason once the season was over. And now it's their very first matchup. I, I can't wait to see those two go at it. And I think, MJ, a big game for Lamar Jackson. We all talk about the progress that he has made from year one to year two, and then this year maybe a little bit of a drop in production. But he has not won a playoff game. He's 0-2. Yeah, and, you know, that's that's interesting considering, you know, how he's won the MVP. Um, but we know it's a team game. Um, they really rely on their tight ends. Uh, I mean, their wide receivers have been hit and miss. Uh, they have running back by committee. Um, but, hey, this is why you, uh, you you win the MVP and now you get a chance to play in the postseason. So, yeah, that that's going to be a really uh, physical game uh, when you get to this time of the year. Plus, it's going to be outdoors. That's the early game on Sunday. You know, maybe this is not the sexy game. Um, and I'm not going to talk about the Rams and Seahawks because let them just beat each other up and play for overtime or whatever. But And maybe it's my roots. But Indianapolis and Buffalo, it's it's just the Buffalo's made a run, and, and, and the Colts consistently have done a really good job with Frank Wright. Um, I don't know if this is going to be a low-scoring game. We know the Bills put up points, but, um, you know, I, I'll be curious to see how that Washington front seven attacks Tom Brady. I just don't know if they can score enough points to beat the Buccaneers. Well, the last team to beat the Bills, the Arizona Cardinals. Buffalo has not lost since that game at State Farm Stadium, the Hale Murray on November 15th. And, of course, the team on Sunday, the Chicago Bears playing at the Saints. B-Train, this is going to hurt Cardinal fans because the Bears are in and the Cardinals will be watching that game on Sunday. And uh, on paper, yeah, the Cardinals much better than the Bears, but the Bears won the tiebreaker because of the record of common opponents. The Bears this season, they beat the Lions. They beat the Panthers, two teams the Cardinals could not beat. 
And that's the, that's the difference between getting into the playoffs and not getting into the playoffs. And when you get to this point, you start to lament the games that you let slip away and games that you felt like you should have won. Another game that I'm going to be looking forward to is Tampa Bay at Washington. And, of course, you heard Chase Young, there's sound bites of him going off the field saying that, hey, I want Tom Brady. I want him. Well, I'm not sure if that's exactly what you want. You're talking about the most accomplished player in NFL history, when you start talking about wins, Super Bowls, and, and everything else. So if you want him, you, you're going to get him right now. And last I checked, Tom Brady is as petty as they come. And you know I'm here for the petty. So uh, I, I can't wait to see what Tom and, and, and B.A. has in store for, for the young pass rusher. Yeah, B.A. complimented their front seven, but he said, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, there's not much. Don't I mean, poke the bear. Exactly, because I can't remember what – there was a young cornerback – and this might have been a regular season game that said something about Brady when he was with the Patriots, and then all of a sudden he threw against the Steelers, yeah, was, yeah, and then all of a sudden he he just got torched. lit him up like a Christmas tree, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, and so Tom Brady's the uh, quarterback on your all petty team. Is that what I'm hearing, B-Train? <laughs> There's no doubt, and you know he still got that chip on being a six round pick. He still uses that to this day, 21 years later. He's still mad about being the 199th pick of the draft, and, and he uses that for motivation, and I love it. I am here for the petty all day long. <laughs> bring it every step of the way. Well, you bring it every single week here on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports, and we will look forward to next week when we discuss more of the offseason ahead for the Arizona Cardinals and, of course, Super Wild Card Weekend. Three games on Saturday, three more on Sunday. Special thanks behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager, Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cuddy Fincher. For Bertram Berry, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. Cardinals Red Sea Reports all year round, 11 to noon. We talk all things Arizona Cardinals and all things National Football League. We'll back in one week's time. The Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.